season three review. We have the best of the best here tonight. Stay tuned. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. everyone and welcome to tonight's episode of the better your business show i'm natalie your host and my beautiful co-host the coach for business miss shanna mavis hey i forgot um for a second that i needed to press that you know to do the intro video after you started (laughs) (laughs) sitting there looking at it hey everyone (laughs) it's gonna be that kind of show tonight (laughs) I can't believe we're at the end of season three. Um, it is just kind of, yeah, 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 it really did. And we did, um, what, 12 live episodes and we had a couple of replays, but yeah, that's been nuts. Yes. It just flew by. I can't believe it. But the beautiful part was we're getting better. (laughs) Clearly, (laughs) if we feel that way, (laughs) right? The process is getting easier. We're getting better. So that's exciting. (laughs) And we have a special guest joining us. Carlton Hoskins. Oh, I didn't know that dance was going to appear in the show. (laughs) (laughs) But what we don't want to have happen, and I meant to tell you this before, I was like, please don't play that badass woman song. <laughs> YouTube keeps giving us copyright claims on that. And it's like, oh man, why is this happening? And it's because it's your favorite song and it's in every episode. So I'm like looking, Natalie and I were looking down the list and it's just like copyright claim, copyright claim, copyright yeah. claim. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of oh. course. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. What's What's happening? We're happy that you're here, Carlton. I'm glad to be here. Now, I got to do two things. I'm DJing in the background while I'm I'm actually talking. So I'm like over here in bandits and stuff. Oh, it's a pleasure. Did you have any uh, moments that stood out from you from this season? I know you're in the back. And so you're, it's hard to pay attention to what's going on on both ends. But anything that stood out for you? Yeah, there was a few things that actually stood out to me. I mean, number one, I was just really uh, season three. That what stood out to me for season three was the mixture of content that we were that was able to be produced in every show. And so it wasn't one person talking through the entire show. It was more of different contents and context. And I love like the TikToks that would jump in and the different uh, pillar talks. So those are the things that really get in. Of course, you know, I love Denise and and you know the information that she brings so yeah i i just thought the season was absolutely amazing um you all did a phenomenal job of putting that together so kudos to you for doing that thank you we had fun yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) what stood out to you natalie um 
I mean, I, well, I think I've talked a few times now about how this has really just made me fall in love with marketing so much and technology, which is really funny. Like my family's still in shock because I keep showing everybody stuff I've made. I'm like, I did this. Can you believe it? And they're like, no. But um, and everyone has to look. I'm like, look, look what I did. Look what I did. Right. Um, so I've just noticed that now it's almost like my reticular activator just keeps picking it up. When you and I were going or when we were going through and making the clips, I noticed in most of the ones that I was doing that. That's what I was cutting out as clips. <laughs> it was stuff that had relation to marketing. And so I'm going to say that's probably what stood out to me the most. I mean, just all that, I, that I've that i learned, even just being on the you know board with I do systems with, and what we're doing with Pillar 5, obviously all that I've learned from your coaching background when you give me feedback on things, I just feel like... Um, well, some, it was funny. Somebody posted on my Facebook the other day. I want to I want to be like you and I grow up. And I said, well, you know, where I learned all this stuff from. Right. I said, the better you miss this show. The show. <laughs> but it's impossible to sit here with week with experts week after week because it's, it's like you're constantly getting course correction, too, at the same time. Right. So it's yeah. like, OK, I can implement a little. If it's not perfect, I'm getting that course correction. Then I have you guys to get feedback from as well. So um I think that's just been the biggest thing is how much I've taken away learning from marketing and technology. I just love it. And how about you, Shannon? I would love to have a noble answer like that. <laughs> <laughs> My favorites were the moments where just things went horribly awry. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Knowing, you know, all of the missteps with, I don't know how to work StreamYard. <laughs> know how Carlton makes it seem so seamless. I'm just like, I feel reasonably confident with almost any technology, but for some reason, these one, two, three, four, five, six options that we have always through me, I was like, I don't know. I, I can't get it. They're just, we're just gonna, you know, it has to be one way or another, but yeah, um, I enjoyed seeing that because we still always had fun with it. Um, yes. It's just really been an enjoyable experience for me. And and looking at how much we've grown and some of the things, you know, just the feedback, <laughs> you know, um, the feedback <laughs> that we've gotten uh, has been positive. So I, I love um, I love being a part of it. And I've learned a lot, too. I say that's a pretty noble answer. <laughs> right. right. We are right out the door, Carl. That's right. <laughs> I guess I before I left, maybe I need to go back to the back. I need to go to the back again. I'll be back. <laughs> Do we want to show some clips? Yeah, let's get it. What let's we get thought, it. you know, these magic moments. Um, and anyone want to sing that song? Because it's in everyone's head now. I do not. <laughs> You're on your own with that one, Shannon. All right, then. Okay, so I would jack it up <laughs> because what's in my head may not be the way that the artist actually intended for it to be. So it would be my rendition of that song. And it, is it these or those magic moments? I, it's these. Okay, see? See, I would have, I don't even know the song. So obviously I should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlton, pick a clip and just show us what we got. And it's something that we do have to pay attention to as to, you know, are we doing the things that we need to do to be healthy? And let's face it, okay, we all intellectually know what it means to be well, right? You, um, I call it taking your daily meds. 
and that is M-E-D-S, and it stands for movement, eat healthy, drink water, and get your sleep. Well, if that's the magic formula for being healthy, then how come so many of us are unhealthy out there? It's because we are forgetting to do it on a regular basis. We're forgetting to put ourselves first. And that's just one of the key things that we need to bring to the table. Oh, I love that one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I remember that. I, I remember when she said it and I felt so bad because <laughs> it's yeah. like, I know, you know, in my mind, I think I eat well, but I know what I'm eating is not the best that I can eat, you know? And, and as an entrepreneur, I think we all kind of face that because we're like, we just got to get to it. Like, I don't have time for all that stuff. Like, let me get to it. And in my mind, I always say, when I get to this number, then I'll spend more time. But you know what happens between this and that number? Heart attacks, strokes, right. you know, all kind of stuff. And so it, it's been an eye-opening thing for me. I still don't drink a lot of water. It, it's it's just a thing with me. But I know I, I drink more, I eat less, and I sleep less. I don't know if that's good, but that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say you probably do not sleep very much as my guess. <laughs> Be like a four hour a night guy? About five. Okay. I should probably get about six to feel really good. But, you know, again, like many entrepreneurs out there, the moment we know we have a project or we have something we have to do, sleep becomes not relevant anymore. Um, speaking of sleep, I was listening to a gentleman speak the other day <laughs> and he was talking about 24 hours and then he broke it down. It was really interesting. He said, okay, so you have 24 hours in a day. Uh, how many of those do you sleep? It was like eight. And how many of those do you work? It's like eight. It's like, okay. And just for general people, right? You work eight. And it's like, okay, that 16 of that is gone. So you have eight more. You haven't taken a shower. You haven't spent time with your family. You haven't cooked. You haven't done laundry. You haven't taken care of your house. You haven't done anything. So when you think about it, you only spend eight hours working. So you're spending eight hours maintaining your comfort zone. Hmm. So we're in sleep, sleep deprivation is what he called it. You're in sleep deprivation. You need to spend less time sleeping and more time working, but your body still needs to rejuvenate. So I thought it was really interesting it maybe just kind of readjust some of my thoughts and focuses. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's so much better. Um, we need sleep. And I think that that hustle mentality culture is part of the reason why um, people are unhealthy. And I, and I'll always tell, especially entrepreneurs, I think males, especially more with that, you know, that's why I asked you a four hour night kind of guy. I'm always going to advocate getting proper rest. <laughs> <laughs> it just affects you so bad to not get it. It just, it has so many long-term effects and it's, it's like sharpening the saw, right? If you just, if we get that sleep, we're going to come back and be better than it was, right? It's more just our mentality. If we need to, whatever's going on, we're obsessed or we need to get it done or whatever. Right. 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 One of the things I have started doing is resting on the weekends. Cause before I didn't, I just worked right through the weekend. So now I, I kind of go hard Monday through Friday and then Saturday, I just kind of, I'll I'll, re I'll I'll rest a little bit longer, you know, I'll go to bed a little bit earlier, you know, and I kind of just do all the things that I want to do. You know how we say eight hours here, eight hours there. Well, I don't really do it that way. I kind of push all of that to the weekend and then I just kind of 
work. I just work throughout the day. I might eat lunch at three o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes that's breakfast for me. It's like, oh, I forgot to eat, you know. So so Denise is right. It does impact you. Uh, yeah. Especially doing it for a long time. Sleeping is the only thing I do out of that whole med sleep. <laughs> 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 like, I will sit stagnant. I was telling someone, I was like, I feel like animals like me mostly because I will sit in one spot forever. Like I'm in front of my laptop. I will sit here and never move because I don't really drink a lot of water when I'm sitting. I'm working. I'm focused in on whatever it is mm -hmm. that I'm doing. And so they're just like, ah, oh, you're the perfect person. For it. <laughs> or when I'm binge watching TV, I sit still. It, it, but sleep is about the only thing I do. Everything else is just like exercise. Or eat. <laughs> no, I'm thankful the E was eat. Movement, <laughs> no, eat. Yeah, I'll eat, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't drink a lot of water. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm terrible at that whole thing. So it was a good reminder seeing that. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, and then Carlton, just hearing what you said, it makes me think. Well, that's why residual income. That's why assets. That's why passive income. That's why the better your business show because so that we can leverage that and have more of our time, be in control of our time, and enjoy more of our time instead of, you know working too hard, having to spend our weekends sleeping to work too hard again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We want to move on. Let's do it. Clip? Let's go. Well, I really like the business to get to the point where we're, we're supporting a large community um, where we're doing um, all of our groups, but we're also doing workshops in person and not in person. So we've really built our local community as well as a virtual community. Um, and we're just, we're serving a lot more people. Um, Think of Tony Robbins. Think of Tony Robbins. I really, you, you really want to get that big? I have no desire of getting that big. But um, I would like a... I would like a larger, more engaged community that we can be supporting um, and and sharing these tools and strategies with um, that also provides a substantial living for both of us. And I look at Marianne Williams and I look at Brene Brown. I look at, you know, and I think there's no reason why we can't have that kind of influence because what the content we have is that good and it brings that much value to people's lives. So. I, I don't really want to be Tony Robbins, but, you know, I do want to have that kind of a stage to have influence because uh, of, of the value of the content that we have, you know, and it can go on and on past, you know, past, well, past me. And, you know, as I mature in my third act of my life, you know, I can help this business continue with, with or without me if we can build a sustainable business and we can bring in other people to, to assist us. So that's really what my motivation is. I want Kelly to have this fearless generations far, far beyond what we have right now. How can we take fearless generations from where it is now and bridge it to where we want it to be? So it's kind of our, our whole idea of asking questions, being open to coaching, uh, you know, just the expertise that can assist us to build a sustainable business. And that's what we want to do. And Pillar 5 is certainly going to be a part of that. I love them. 
I do too. They're just two of my favorites. I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you did. I really <laughs> do. Two of my favorites. We had so much fun talking to them that day and just seeing the way that they interact with each yeah. other and just the love that they share, not just for their their own family unit, but for the people that they're serving. Mm -hmm. And so yes. it was just beautiful. Yes, definitely. Yeah. A, a made two amazing women right there. Absolutely amazing. Intelligent, yeah. driven, focused, compassionate. Oh yeah, they're absolutely amazing. And I remember sitting down and having a conversation with Terry um, about her organization. And when I heard her talking about her organization, you could hear and you could feel her passion to help people, you know, with Fearless Generation just bleed through her. And it excited me. It made me remember, you know, when Tehran and I first said, oh, we're going to do this thing. We're going to create this system that helps people. You know, that was the idea in our mind of people who knew what they wanted to do. And it wasn't a, how do I make $100,000? You know, it was, how do I make a change? You know, they were purpose-driven. And and so I, I am deeply infatuated with purpose-driven businesses because those are the businesses that grow to become legacies. Yeah. You know, and, and I just really love that. That was amazing. Yes, agreed. Okay. We're going to keep it moving because we will be on one clip. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. in the back. Working with this guy. We don't have to get through all 17. We got, we got 15 more clips, Carlton. Speed dial. <laughs> Maybe we should play a couple in a row. I don't know. Yeah, we're yeah, still in episode one. <laughs> uh, you see what happens when you bring Carlton up front? I know. Oh, I know. Boy, it's over. Time is gone. You aren't identifying yourself as the with the right mindset, you're not going to be able to build that sustainable business. Um, if you're thinking like an employee, you're gonna be bogged down in the minutia instead of really casting vision and deciding where your company should be going or who all should be um, involved in this and uh, what team do I need alongside of me? You're, you're thinking more along the lines of the day-to-day -day tasks that need to get done. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Mike drop. So, yeah. Okay, so y'all <laughs> totally. I was like, that's why she's the coach for business, is what I that's was That's right. <laughs> All I can see is my wonky eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with that one eye that I have? And so Nick and I, my son and I, we were talking about each our own wonky eye. <laughs> so that's what I see. <laughs> I didn't even notice anything. <laughs> Oh, now if you go back, you won't be able to unsee it. You'll right. Like, oh, God, what's wrong with her eye? <laughs> I, I love the jewels you dropped in that, Shanna, when you talked about, you know, knowing what you wanted to do and knowing what you needed around you and how to build that team to grow your business. Because at the end of the day, we all know you can't build a business by yourself. You just can't do it alone. Right. It's impossible. And to, and to hear that come out, it was just like, yeah, that's. That's the language that everyone, every entrepreneur should be speaking if they're yes. really trying to generate wealth. You know, yeah. uh, I heard Shaq say today uh, when he first made his few million that uh, someone came to me, he says, yeah, you're rich. They were talking to Shaq and he said to Shaq, yeah, you're rich, but I'm wealthy. And Shaq said, wait, what's the difference? You know, this is when Shaq was younger and he said, you'll have the money you want to spend in your lifetime. I'll have money for my family to spend 10 lifetimes from now and he was like uh i want that yeah and he changed his mindset he changed his mindset because it's all about mindset and and i love how you presented that 
That was awesome. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was thinking too. Mindset was the biggest takeaway, I think, that I had from what you said there, Shanna, too. They have to have their mindset in the right space. All right, let's keep yes. it. <laughs> Just go ahead and hit the nene. Just go hey, on. By the way, life insurance <laughs> is a really great way to change your legacy, too. That's right. <laughs> Very inexpensive way to change your legacy. Oh, wow. That's a good conversation that we could get into later because, wow, you know, of course, we want to do banking, being able to build your own bank with your trust and just all the stuff that they'll learn on the show, especially in episode season four. So this is all good stuff. Let's go. Yes. Aren't identifying yourself as the with the right mindset, you're not going to be able to build. Oh, one, obviously a good idea uh, to start with. Right. Uh, but a good idea alone doesn't necessarily bring. Uh, uh, as they say, the milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Maybe the idea alone doesn't bring them all. So uh, a differentiator would be right in, along lines or uh, right next door to uh, a good idea, right? That what, why can you enter the market? Why now uh, would be the next idea, right? Like if uh, your product is the greatest, great, but why would the market accept it right now uh, is another great question to have to ask yourself. Uh, before you get to other layers, like, well, uh, can you execute, you know, and then that talks to, well, who's your team? Uh, are they capable of it? You know, can you scale? Uh, is it a scalable product? Uh, what's your, uh, growth path? Uh, what's your marketing strategy? Uh, a lot of times people think that the companies will naturally, uh, uh, because it's such a great idea, you know, you build it and they'll come. Uh, is a common concept, but in reality, uh, it doesn't often work that way, right? Uh, you've got to have that business strategy and the plan, uh, channels, relationships, and otherwise to make sure that you can get there, no matter how good the product is, you still need that adoption rate. I could listen to Xavier talk all day, every day. <laughs> He's got like that very white voice, you know? <laughs> It's so soothing, but he's got so much wisdom. That was why I wanted to include that pillar talk because it's really what investors want. And that's in the team's course. Shameless plug. Um, but that's in there for that reason, because we want every business owner to know what investors are. If you're looking for investor dollars, you're going to need to have a team. You're going to need to have strategic vision. You're going to need to be able to execute that. And so he talks about that in those video clips and it's just amazing. Yeah. One thing I like to highlight in what he said in that interview, when he did it and he bust out the Cheeto shirt Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, is when he says, investors don't care if your business is generating re revenue. Right. And he and I kind of went on a tangent about that because many people think they have to build their business to a certain level in order to raise revenue. And it's not true. It's do you have a good product? Does the market want it? And can you execute? Do you have a team? If you could do that, they'll just add fuel to the fire. And I just love that. And I think that's a good takeaway from that statement. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I just, when I hear him talk, I think, why aren't we teaching this like junior, senior year of high school? That's what I think, because <laughs> we should know this stuff. And I just think about kids coming out of high school, instead of us having that, you know, nine to five mentality or whatever it is that we're coming out of school with. It's usually not entrepreneurship. It's usually not buying and selling a business. And I think I know for myself, if I would have known some of the things that I've learned from him 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it doesn't cost a lot of money to buy a business and you can work your way up. And, you know, there's 20 years olds out here now that are doing things differently, but I wish I would have had someone like him to say, Hey, 
these are the options. Your mindset doesn't have to be Monday through Friday, nine to five. This is how you can do these things. And I just think there's just so many ways to make money. Yeah. 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 How they say, if you make change, you'll make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that how you like it. If you make change, you make money. Put on a t-shirt. That's right. Aw. <laughs> Let's go to the next video. <laughs> All right. The only person I knew walking into these organizations was Tehran. And, you know, now we're 10 deep. And that that doesn't happen, you know, if they're not aligned with the mission and vision or they would fall off. Right. Um, and, and expect that. Expect that there's a time and phase for everyone. There's some people that can help you when you're first just getting started. Right. And then they get you to a point and they're like, OK, I put in my energy. I'm out. Right. They supported you. Now it's time to move on to, you know, another inning of baseball, another inning of your chapter of your business where you may get another level of expertise. Because remember, we may think we know everything about business as individuals when we're starting a business. But to the listeners that ask the question, you know, when you realize you don't, that's when you immediately run out and start building teams. And the thing is, as uh, they say in sports, you know, it takes a team to get the job done, right? No matter how good uh, any individual is, uh, it really takes a, a a village, you know, per se. The same as we say, talk about children uh, and raising them. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people would even correlate that same type of idea or concept to uh, growing a business, right? That you're going to need to, uh, you know, grow with it and with the people in it uh, to make sure that you can scale and you can uh, actually do what you do best while allowing others to do what they do best. Uh, I think there's a stat that 66% of business owners wear three or more hats. Uh, they're the you know CEO, the CFO, the chief legal, chief HR, chief chief, and chief chief chief, right? Uh, so when that happens, it's a little difficult to say, well, hey, if uh, you know money wasn't an object right now and that wasn't the issue uh, between you and making that product uh, become available to the world, uh, how would we actually execute if it was only you available, right? Uh, could we really move all the pieces and the cogs? So whenever you think about any organization, uh, even if it's you know as self-contained as possible, you're still going to need external components, right? Uh, yeah. 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 I love, I, I love that. I love that bandwidth of that whole team component. Uh, absolute shameless plug again, but that, that, <laughs> that, that, that team component is definitely, it's relevant. It's, it's absolutely relevant. Yeah. I see you skipped over yours. Oh yeah. Enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's right. And I love that he was talking about how it's like raising a child. Right. You're, you're really if you think about it that way, all that goes into that, um, the preparation, you, you've got it here. Now, what do you do in order to make sure that it grows in the way that that you envision um, as best you can? And, and things go awry sometimes. But um, you've got this this group of people you rely on a support system to help you, whether that's doctors, whether that's, you know, so it's. It, it, <laughs> I can't unhear it now. Um, my filler words, you know. Um, so, <laughs> but it really is 
your baby. And a lot of entrepreneurs really look at it. And the danger in that is holding on too tightly mm. and not mm. allowing other people to help shape and grow. And you know, it, it really is, there's, there's so much that um, you can learn from that. If you think about it that way, that you want that group of people around you, that's going to help support not just advise, but, um, and you do want that, but they're going to help support this baby as, as it's growing and, and scaling and, and doing all of the things that you know it can do. Right, absolutely. In fact, we were having this conversation in the back of the studio uh, before we jumped in, and I was telling you that Tehran and I kind of came to this epiphany last week that business owners need more than seven coaches. And so let, let's, I just want to kind of break that down really quick. I won't take long, but let's think about it. You need a coach for marketing. You need a coach for finance. You need a coach for credit. You need a coach for management. You need a coach for a legal side to understand the infrastructures, whether you need to have a, a limited liability company. Is it, should it be an S corp, uh, a tax entity type structure, or are you in a 501c3 or 501c7, a 501c6? Do you do an incorporation? Do you do a special business? Like these are things that you have to spend years mastering, you know? So to try to do this as a business owner that just said, you know, I just left the executive or the corporate world. I'm going to start my own company. Well, you have to think about it. All those big wigs in that company, all those executives, all those experts, you got to be that by yourself, you know? And, and I believe that's the big reason that businesses are failing at the rate that they do is because they try to take on this Titanic of a ship, you know, versus grabbing a buoy and a raft and going in the water and realizing, you know, I need to partner up with some other people. But what we hear, Shannon, what do we hear, Natalie? I don't want to give away my company. Right. You know, but you don't even have a company, you know, at the end of the day, you don't even have a company, you have an idea. And so you want to bring people with you. You think about Mark Zuckerberg, there was people. Mark Cuban, there was people. Warren Buffett, there was people. Steve Jobs, there was people. And we think about this and then we go, oh, but we just think about the wealth they made. And so how does Gary C say? People wake up and say, I want to make a billion dollars versus I want to change the world. And that's the mindset. You got to have that Terry Sayer mindset. I want to change the world. How many people can I help? Yeah. You know? You do that and it'll it'll result in revenue. Yeah, well, not only that, too, but if you want to start another company and step away and really be CEO or founding of or founders of businesses, you're not that's not the space that you're in. Right. And it's a different mindset because I even think about right now as I'm making my transition more over to the marketing side, you know, after 18 years having my company, it was like, you know, a, a odd thing to ever picture myself walking away from that. But now that I have everything in place, all the stuff that I learned from the show, everything that it means to own a business, I'm supposed to be able to walk away and have it still run and make me money. Like that's the goal. <laughs> right? right. So um, that's why you want to have those that board around you so that everything's good in place and you can go on to your next thing or or if you decide you want a new chapter, whatever that is. But I would never have been able to do those things if I didn't learn about the board, get the right people in place to be able to start. And Shanna actually was a big part of me giving feedback with her coaching background on having me do a healthy transition. And it's been easy. Awesome. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Speaking of boards. Most, business, most small businesses don't even have an executive board, but they do have, you know, maybe contractors that they work with, which is helpful. It's better than nothing. However, there's a uh, still a hierarchy where you're still at the top trying to make all of the decisions. 
And oftentimes, as business owners, we don't have all the answers. Generally, that's not the case, right? And so being able to have an advisory board allows you to move a lot more strategically, make a lot fewer mistakes, and get the feedback from, from individuals who have experienced um, where you're trying to get to, as well as have the interests of you and the company in mind and in heart and help you get there. Uh, you, uh, you know, we talked about building an advisory board. Does it get better than that? You know, we talked about building an advisory board. So we want to go ahead and pull up the Indeed article. Again, I Google everything. So we Googled it for you. You don't have to worry about that. I'm going to go through. I've even highlighted and taken some notes. So if you'll scroll on down, we'll get to how to create an advisory board. The first thing it says is identify your mission. Of course, it gives you information on what is an advisory board and all of that. First things first, identify your mission. So first sentence is the most important. Consider your company's mission and make it clear by drafting a mission statement. Write it down, please. And then um, it uh, further in there, in that paragraph, it talks about understanding what types of experts you might need. Identifying your mission is going to help you understand who you need to come alongside of you. What experts do you need and in what fields? Okay. Second thing is use your network. Masha talked about this. Terry talked about this. Natalie, you've talked about this. There are people that you know. We heard this in the videos. Look in your network. Look on LinkedIn. Talk to people that you already know. Ask them. If you don't ask them to be your advisors, ask them who do they feel like would be best suited to help you out in that case. Um, number three, hire advisors with different expertise. Everyone has said the same thing. You know, you're looking at advisors can specialize in many areas of business like finance, marketing, hey, infrastructure, marketing, management, finance and credit. Pillar five. Um, but you need experts in all five of those areas. So look at the different experts and um, make sure that your team is well rounded in that way. You know, I, I I didn't know that's what was going to drop on that one, that particular episode. But boy, it dropped right on the right time. And then you, and you kind of went back to the five pillars of business and then said, oh, pillar five, right? <laughs> um, I love that because, uh, it, and again, I'm just going to shameless plug it. But as we all, as we know on the show, but I know our audience doesn't know is that one of the things that we've added to pillar five now is not just the what you need to do, when you need to do it, the why you need to do it. But now we have thousands of hours of curated expert video content that shows you how to do it. Then you have these steps. But what really triggered me as you were saying that is we actually have the advisors that were allowing our users now to have an hour to 90 minutes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to talk to these advisors for no extra charge of using Pillow 5. It's like, this is just all inclusive so that they don't have to go out and find these advisors because we're going to provide the advisors. And it just makes more sense the more I listen to you, Shannon. I was just like, wow, we, we really figured out how to support that audience. And to your point, you can't do it without the advisors. And, and sometimes even having your team, you still need the advisors because they're going to have an outside view of what you're thinking. They're yeah. going to look at it completely different, right? Yeah. In that same episode, Masha was talking about, it also allows you sometimes to just um, say, my advisory board said this. It yes. gives you just that out so that you're not feeling all of the pressure of this decision. It's I've spoken with advisors. This is what they said. So we're not going that direction. We're going to go this direction. And I, I imagine that it gives you that sense of confidence that you need as well sometimes because it's hard to know 
which direction you're supposed to go when you're just starting out in business. If I've mm -hmm. never done this before, I'm used to doing the thing that I do that I wanted to start a company around, but that doesn't mean that I know all of the aspects of business. And so every decision that needs to be made, whether that's hiring, whether that, all of that, I don't know all of those things. And so it gives you someone that can lean in and you can tell the rest of the team, if you have one, Hey, this is where I'm getting this and this is why we're going this way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, just to add on to that, because I love Carlton, how you brought it back to the software, because you guys know that's been my biggest thing of why I love what we're doing with Pillar 5 is because it takes the emotion out of it. I have a client that I'm working with right now and everybody wants to give him feedback on his new adventure, right? Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has multiple opinions and he's completely stressed out. And I said, hey, like if it doesn't fit, don't wear it. Number one, second, the only person you listen to is me is what I told him. <laughs> <laughs> Just me. <laughs> if we're screwed up, we're going to screw it up together, right? You're going to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. But it's, you know, the, the system that you're using is taking you through and it's giving you feedback and you just, it's not, you know, Susie and Betty and John down the street and everybody giving you their feedback and telling you what to do. And I'm so guilty of, of when I was a newer entrepreneur, just thinking people, automatically one knew more than me or better than me when that necessarily mm. wasn't always the case. And then I'm trying to be coachable, take, you know, speed of instruction, be coachable. And I'm doing things that I, that were wasting my time. And the other thing too, is just really seeing if just because it's the right fit for them, doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. I think that a lot of times with women and men in business, you know, our roles tend to be different. So, you know, women tend to be entrepreneurs more because they want the flexibility of being with the kids, blah, 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 that type of thing. So, Having a man give you feedback on that stuff isn't always relevant. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we are going to be talking about the holidays, right? We're going into the holidays. So let's talk about some tips for the holidays. So first thing I want to chat with you guys about is what is your philosophy around gift giving just in general? Okay, I wanted to pause right there because we know the holidays just passed. And Natalie, I wanted to hear the tip for after the holiday. Now, what should we do? It was in there. That's why that tip was there. All right. So we are going to be talking about the holidays, right? We're going into the holidays. So let's talk about some tips for the holidays. So first thing I want to chat with you guys about is what is your philosophy around gift giving just in general? Are you a big gift giver? Is that your love language? Are you a, Hey, I'm that aunt that's going to compete with the other aunt and do up that one and spend more money. What is your gift giving philosophy? That's the first thing. The second thing, which I think is most important is what is your budget for the holidays? Do you know one thing that we know is we celebrate the holidays every year. They don't go away. So are you preparing in advance for them? with a budget. Um, if you don't do a budget, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is look at the last few years and see how much money you spent. My guess is you spent close to the same amount every year, right? Subconsciously, we kind of do that. We keep ourselves in this amount of money that we spend. So that's how you can figure out what are you spending on an annual basis. For myself, I like to either save monthly an account that's designated to that. So if it's a Christmas budget, specifically in that account. And the other thing that I do is I shop all year. So October 20th, I would be freaking out right now if my holiday shopping was not already complete. I shop throughout the year. I always have presents in my closet. I always buy things on sale. I look online and I will definitely Google if there's a coupon every single time. So 
um, some couple things to look at, right? Um, the other thing too is, is make a list. Who do you want to buy presents for? I think a lot, you know, about, um, is it a special holiday for someone? Is it, you know, like my grandmother was turning 94, odds of me spending another Christmas with her might not be that high. So do I want to maybe do something a little extra special and spend more money than I would on her this year. Maybe then I spend a little bit less on my niece because I know that I can pick her up some, you know, a couple little plush toys from the Dollar Tree and she's one and that will make her happy, right? So you can kind of look at the ways that you're spending your money. But if I was going to give you a tip to give you stress-free holiday time, it's really sticking to that budget and shopping throughout the year so that by the time the holidays come, you're done. So that is your money tip for today. It's the money. Yeah. You were just so impatient. <laughs> Not Carlton. <laughs> That's what I loved about that clip is it gave something practical that we can take now. Now that it's January, right? right. We've got a fresh start. And I love the advice that she gave. I don't. I might have a hard time taking it because I'm a creature of habit, just like everyone else. I like waiting until the last minute for some reason. Um, I, I get some sadistic pleasure out of that, I guess. <laughs> I like getting the sale. That's where I get my little rush from. Because the other thing, too, to pay attention, here's another little tip, is um, is the trends in spending of when you buy stuff, right? Like, I just went and bought, oh my gosh, this is horrible, but my mom's birthday is coming up and she has a Keurig machine and she has like an espresso machine and she has all the machines, right? And, and she has a cute little coffee bar and, you know, family comes over and has their coffee. So guess what they do after the holidays? Guess what goes on sale by like 75%? The machine. Anything that goes into a Keurig <laughs> or, <laughs> right? So I literally spent $100 on coffee and it cost me like 20 bucks. And she's going to have this, you know, awesome coffee bar. Hey, mom. Right. I paid attention to the trends and it's not uncommon for her to get coffee from me either. And in, or for me to get 75 percent off. And she likes it. <laughs> I, I know those things. Right. <laughs> so shopping trends. Yeah. Oh, that is so dope. That is so dope. You have to be so intentional. And in marketing, especially, you have to be so intentional of every single step that you take in your marketing, who you're marketing to, why you're marketing to them. I mean, that not just the brand persona or the customer avatar, but even the customer journey. If you don't have that all mapped out and you start building your marketing, you have no strategy and you have no plan and you've already lost your dream client. Boom. Yeah. 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 If you haven't seen that episode, please go back and watch that episode. That yes. was absolutely redundant. Episode four, I think it was. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. Oh, actually season three, episode four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're Bridget right. broke it down. Oh, and wow. I, I know we've got another clip of her coming up here in just a little bit too. Okay, let's let's rock on through episode four. Let's just do all of episode four. It's time for you to now figure out how you're going to pour into your own local community. 
So, you know, you may have a business that depends on local business. You may be doing business, you know, internationally, nationally. But what I think is really important is you have to do something and give back to your own local community that you live in. And I just want to share an idea that I'm doing down here that I've partnered up with another female entrepreneur to do just that kind of thinks outside of the box. So as especially new entrepreneurs, you know, maybe your first year, you may be bootstrapping again, you're kind of cash strapped and you think I would love to be able to actually pour financially into the community, but I, I'm just, I'm strapped. I, there's not much I can do. What we've done is we came up with an idea called 100 Women of Victoria. And so Victoria, Texas is where we live. What we've done is we have asked 100 women in the community to commit to giving $100 every quarter. So I'm curious, how many buyer personas should you have? So I have, if I can reach multiple people, how many of these should I create? So I am a big proponent of master at one okay. rather than multiple right? So find that one first that you are speaking to, that you're directing to, that your product fits, that you're able to hit their pain points, that you're able to convert them at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, that's what this is all about, is converting that dream client. And until you've mastered that one, I wouldn't move on to multiples, because then you're just filling your plate with multiple messages and multiple um, strategies. And if you haven't mastered the first one, why would you move on to multiple? Because I want to have a marketing budget, right? If you have a marketing budget, you can easily go and dump it into SEO. You can dump it into ads. You can dump it into a lot of things. But isn't marketing getting your product into places it normally wouldn't be? So for me, if I just added that particular, and just like just it was said on the call also, you know, just make sure that's not the only duck you have, right? I wouldn't put all of my ducks right there, but I would use it as a tool. And the same thing goes for the focus group and should it be incentivized. If, if, if you are giving a free gift for the focus group, it's a gift. But if you're saying, hey, get a free t-shirt if you do a survey, that's a sale. That is a transaction, right? So I think it's the way that you kind of, you put it together. You do want to compensate people for their time. That could be dinner. That could be, uh, you know. Uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So Terry, I, I messaged her and they're rolling out that 100 women of Victoria, oh, wow. they're rolling that out in two months. Oh, nice. So yeah. that's going to be such an amazing blessing for yes. wow. some of those lucky women entre entrepreneurs to walk away with $10,000 to help them start their businesses. So and, and I, yeah, I was blown away by that. Yes. Wow. Wow. So, so simple. Such an easy task, right? Yeah. I'm looking forward to season four, having her come on season four, talk about how that the administration of that, what all they had to do, anything else they've learned from the time that they had the idea until now. So in case anyone else is out there saying, okay, I know a hundred people that would be willing to commit to a hundred dollars every quarter. So yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, how we started getting all the grants for the show too, right? Yeah, finding out about that. So, <laughs> look at that your business show Instagram because then you can find out where the money's at. We learned that from Terry. That's right. <laughs> <Give me> money. <laughs>
<laughs> but that's what we do every day. So when we start forcing the outcome and we're like, it's good, it has to be that client. And then when that client's not a fit, we go, why do I suck? Well, you don't, but you need a heck of a lot more people in the pipeline so that when some of these people come through and they're not a fit, you get to say, yeah, that one doesn't fit for me because there's five more in the pipeline. It's a very different energy than feeling like you have to have everything, you know, go your way. I'm telling you, it is like, it is the most freeing thing. Human design is literally life-changing. I love, I, I remember that so well. She is a doozy. That was, I was <laughs> cracking up the whole time in the back because her energy is like, Red Bull give you wings. Yes. She, was just there. she was just like, and I was just wanting to jump in there and just be like, hold on, I want to, I want to, I want to have a conversation with this because this is like my level, like speeding <laughs> down so the road. Awesome. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. She dropped so much knowledge. So again, season three, episode eight, go check that out. You don't suck with Amy Lee. That yeah, and we're we're gonna have her come back, I think, for a special edition too, so we can get more on yeah. uh, human design. Absolutely, and then of course we're gonna have to bring in. Syra, this is going to be an amazing conversation. I want to go ahead and jump into this one. And that's where it comes from. It's your core. You mentioned it, Shauna. You said core value, right? That's my core value. I believe, I live, I breathe that type of, you know, simplicity in my, in my job, in my, in my consulting practice. So yeah. And someone says, kiss, that's, Keep it simple. I, I mean, I can't say the S word, but keep it simple, right? So, so that's uh, that's what it's all about. That's the value proposition. Can you articulate it? So that's kind of how I went about doing my own, um, and it took a while. So even though I've What's simplified a while? it, uh, I went through iterations. So okay, I put something out there. And I kind of did a test on it. So I asked a few people, what do you think? Um, because what I didn't want to do was get into this analysis paralysis. You can get stuck in this because you, you're going to think it's never good enough to be out there. But you just got to get it out there. It's called an FSD. Do you know what that stands for? No. First shitty draft. <laughs> You get it out there, you get it in front of people, and then you go back and you iterate based on feedback. Okay, so my favorite thing so far tonight for the show is that you wouldn't say keep it simple, stupid, but it's first shitty draft. <laughs> I was like, that's the S word that you chose. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's what you're going to get on this show, folks. <laughs> not censored. Not gonna I'm not going to call that person stupid, but get your shitty draft done. <laughs> I, I draw that. the line at stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> that still cracks me up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and Natalie was freezing out there with, uh, <laughs> we were outside of a coffee shop freezing that night. I felt so bad for you, but. Oh yeah, it was pretty funny. That was a good time, that one. <laughs> I, I had people digging in the trash can on the side of the coffee shop when we were in there. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> oh, they have to go check out that episode. Syra is such a wealth of knowledge. Um, I, I missed that episode. I think that was one of the episodes where I wasn't in the back end. Yeah. Um, 
But I have the advantage, Tehran and I, we talk to her every Friday for an hour. Oh, good. Oh, oh. it is absolutely amazing. The wealth of information that she brings is just. Yeah, so I like her a lot. Yeah, go check out that episode. Please go check out that episode. Season three, episode five. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, I'm just going to keep the ball rolling because it looks okay. like. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, Shannon, we haven't made it through these 900 uh, episodes since <laughs> you got here. <laughs> It was a good season, Carlton. It was. A good I'm, season. I'm talking about. I'm thinking. I'm like, oh wow, wow, we're almost there. I'm like, I'm at the middle. We only have three right? more. We only have three more for the first half of the episode, <laughs> which was 28 okay. minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> the value of your business is literally your biggest asset, and the reason that most business owners don't know is because up until recently, with some of the technology, just like the way AI is disrupting uh, copywriting. There's some some new technology and new methodologies within business value that have opened up some doors that never were available before. And I have a, a bit of a quick story. I'll use the word scar because Carlton and you and I were talking about this earlier. But I'm just going to say it out loud. I lost four million dollars in the in the exit of my very first business. And it's painful. Uh, it was in 19, or excuse me, it was 2011 and going into 12. And I had a very successful business in the ATM industry. Um, and we were doing about 20 some million dollars in revenue. And I was on top of the world thinking, you know, this is going to be good going forever. And there were a few things that that had happened where we had one, one of our clients decided that they wanted to sell to another company. And that other company said, well, we want Kahuna too. And I didn't want to sell. And, and it turned out though, because I didn't know what I didn't know, if that company would have left and we wouldn't have gone with them, it would have caused a, a kind of a catastrophic failure and I could have lost everything. So even though it was a seven figure exit and I was still celebrating, it was painful to know and go back and look and say, you know, we left at least 4 million on the table. It was a seven figure exit, but it should have been an eight figure exit. Across the board or that, um, yeah, that you see across the board. Across the board or that, um, yeah, that you see across the board. What's the biggest challenge that you see? I, I would say people are not reviewing their pricing on a frequent enough basis. Um, you know, and it, and you don't have to be crazy with it, right? In terms of what that frequency is, I, I honestly feel like depending on, again, kind of, you know, we've, we've just gotten ourselves through pretty, a pretty interesting period in all of our lives. Right. Um, and potentially you during things like that, you would want to be looking at and evaluating these things on a more frequent basis. I would say no more than, you know, a quarter to six months, right? That, that would be super frequent. Okay. So we're, we're more than a hundred years. <laughs> across the board or that, um, yeah, that you see across. Okay. So we're, we're more than a hundred years old as a, as a business, as a, as a service. Uh, we started in 1912, but what people don't really know is that we started from a perspective of truth and advertising. And so um, it was actually the president of Coca-Cola. His name was Samuel Jobs. Um, and many of his colleagues were very frustrated that uh, folks that were essentially the, the term of the day was snake oil salesmen, which, is, you know, we still refer to today, but really not advertising honestly, really.
Wow. Just so much good content over this season. I, again, if you're if you're watching the replay, go back and check out these episodes. There's just so many jewels dropped in that episode. I, I was honored to be in the back end and to hear all these conversations and all this knowledge. And maybe sometime in the future, we'll start recording some of the stuff that happens in the back end because <laughs> we have these full-blown conversations back there and we're getting jewels yeah. from these experts that, you know, they do get to say some of it on the show, but many of it that, you know, the audience doesn't get to hear. And I think that would be a great capture to just capture these individuals. And I know many of them will come back and be happy to provide that insight to us and do one-on-one -on -one interviews. But it was absolutely amazing. I think you both did a phenomenal job. So, you know, hats off to both of you. Amazing. Thank you, Carlton. We couldn't have done it without you. Someone's got to run the show. <laughs> give it just a second and AI will replace me too. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. This this season has been really eye-opening for me and just some of the building blocks that we walked through. I mean, we stuck heavily to that. And I know season four, we're, we're looking at how to change that to make it more relevant for our audience. But being able to walk through those first few building blocks of Pillar 5 that says, okay, you're going to need the right mindset. You're going to need a team, need an advisory board. You need you know, your SWOT analysis, you need all of these things. Everything that you saw on there was one of those steps that you have to take if you're building this sustainable company. So it was uh, doing the research and listening to the experts was so helpful for me. And it's allowed me to help my clients and my friends, those that are stepping into this journey. So it, it was, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Now, what about you? In just two weeks, it's actually going to be the anniversary. Do you realize that, Carlton, of our first show with Sharon? We Lester. should do a special edition. Yeah. yeah. In two weeks, it'll be our anniversary, two years. Um, I mean, I just lo have loved the entire last two years. It's just been phenomenal from the relationships, from what I've learned through Pillar 5 to the board of Pillar 5, through all the experts that we've had on the show, through your both your genius. People don't even like... Carlton's like a mat. If you guys knew all the stuff Carlton knows, it's like unreal. Shannon with her coaching, it's just, I can't imagine not continuing with this experience because it's just been so beneficial to help just me and my growth and then be a better me for the people around me, be better in business. I think it's made me better just in all areas in general. So um, yeah, it's just been phenomenal. The character of the people that we've had on the show, I just feel so blessed to have these people around us. This is our community, right? And so it's yeah. just awesome to have that. You know, one of the things that did make me think about those because and maybe this maybe this is a good question for you, Shan. I don't know, but um, this community is different for me. Has felt different the the entire time, mostly. And so I just wonder, you know, as, as people are growing up as being an entrepreneur, because you kind of go through different teams or different, right? I just think, what is the difference? Is it just that? We've, you know, we've grown into that right now. I'm with my forever family, right? You guys are stuck with me now. Or, or what's, you know what I mean? What's the difference? Like we're just at the same or, or everyone in your community is kind of at that same level you were at the time. I don't know. That's just one of the things that made me think of is, um, is that because like, I don't see myself not continuing to grow with this community, right? Where some, you kind of know it's going to be temporary. Yeah, I, 
I want to refer back to episode two with Carlton. That was part of what he was saying at the end before he cut it off was um, that you ha they have to align with your mission, with your vision. And, and that's what we found here is we're all aligned. We all have this desire to help business owners, not for ourselves, but for them. We know the difference it makes. I've heard Carlton's story about his parents and how they lost all of this because they didn't take the steps in order to make sure their business would survive that recession. Uh, so it's, it's, and we've all heard, you know, Keisha tell the story about her dad, different people uh, that we've run into that have these horror stories that could have been avoided had they had the right support, had they had the right team around them, had they been coached, had they had advisors, all of the things that were missing, we can see those now and we can prevent that for other business owners. So for me, it was just like, it makes, it's a no brainer because I want to be on here. I want to spend my time making sure that if nothing else, you don't suffer, you're not up late at night, not knowing what to do next. You've got, you've got resources and we're gonna keep bringing resources to make sure that you're not losing a lot of sleep, but you're spending time with your family, that you're enjoying building this business. It should be enjoyable. This is a legacy that you're trying to leave, or this is supporting you and your family for the time that you're here. And we've only got time, right? You know, that's our, our biggest commodity. And so it's just like, enjoy how you're spending that. But once you find that community that's in alignment with, with that vision or mission that you, you're on, it is going to be forever. So, mm. Yeah, that's just, that's my answer. I love that. And, and I just want to okay. throw one little piece into that is just, as I sit back and I watch the community, what I realize is no one's faking. Like yeah. no one's putting on this front of, you know, I make 30,000, but I'm acting like I make $300,000 a month. So that that's gone. And so we can laugh and we can let our hairs down and we can have yeah. conversations because we know we're talking about what's real. And we know we're going to do the actions because we're doers, all of us, right? Even our audience are doers. And I think that's what supports that community. Cause to your point, we're all of the, we're cut from the same cloth. We're all on the same mission. You know, we want to build legacy businesses. You know, we're not just here for the hustle. So I can, you know, let, I can let my hair down in episode one, episode two, episode <laughs> four, episode <five>. <laughs> <laughs> Those other episodes can't really let it down. <laughs> Well, as y'all can see, I let my hair go all the way down. You know what I'm talking about? It's all the way down. <laughs> you can see right through me. All you got to do is look close enough. I'm going to pop up. Natalie, you created this. I'm popping up the thing for our sponsors because I, I love that. Swave Engage. Some of these people, we didn't even get a chance to show um, their, their clips or anything, but you can watch the shows and see, these are all people that have supported us. And we don't even have all of the logos on here, guys. It's just been an amazing journey and yes, we appreciate it so much. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to close this out. You guys, this is going to be the uh, last show for the third season. We are going to have some special editions coming up. So stay tuned. We're going to have our two year anniversary in two weeks. So that's super exciting. And uh, thank you just everyone who, again, like Shanna said, participated. Thank you everyone who joined us tonight. Thank both of you for an awesome third season. Do something today that will help you better your business. Go to Pillar5.com, take your free trial, and have a beautiful week, everybody. We will see you soon.
Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.